No, I had a I had a really stupid day. I uh, I had a bunch of stuff to do this morning. I had like a little like extra reg site that I needed to get launched. Is this gonna get less boring? <laughs> I want you <laughs> to go away. I don't have I, don't, I can't even think of a good fucking insult no, because you you just you it's so me, off. it's so you knocked me off kilter. <laughs> <laughs> you knocked me entirely off. I may as well be on the floor. God damn it. It's so upsetting to be told you're boring. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Let me tell you about my family. I sell propane and propane accessories. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And you're on your favorite your your favorite podcast again. It's Saturday morning Tuesdays. It's that it's that cartoon podcast about real cartoons. It's great. We watch we're animated so, shows. We're so we're so happy to be back. And nothing's nothing uh, can go wrong here in this lovely in this lovely meadow, it sounds like. Yeah, what are we doing? Is is the theme that this is the podcast? We have to leave <laughs> the meadow because it's it's autumn now. It's it's oh. fully into autumn, and now we've become really hooked on doing skee ball. We've gone into the indoor arcades, <laughs> and now we love playing skee ball and taking the tickets and getting the, the big tr- stuff things. The traditional uh, autumn sport, skee ball. We've gone we've gone oh. the way of tra- a little traditional, yeah. Uh, so do, we have to, do we have to do we have to ring the naysayer alarm? The, the man do we have to ring the the somebody's too good to hang alarms um, no 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 one no one has to ring any alarms <laughs> i'll play ski ball i'll enjoy it i'll have a lot of fun with this antiquated shitty game and i'm gonna look longingly over oh, a time crisis d- and then i'm gonna look back and go no let's play ski ball you guys because that's what we came here to do yeah no we modern don't even want to look we, at we, time we, we, i want to be playing those modern rail shooters <laughs> we don't even want to play the very cool Star Wars experience that has a cockpit and everything. No, we just want to play skee ball uh, because it's good and it's just the way they made it. And uh, while we're playing skee ball, we're going to look at the awesome harvest sh- programming that we've decided to watch <laughs> for the fall. And that is Over the Garden Ball. And we started nice that last week. And. This week, we're watching three episodes of Over the Garden Wall, thrice Whoa. episodes we've watched. We watched episode three, Schooltown Follies, episode four, Songs of the Dark Lantern, and episode five, Mad Love. So, uh, really excited to start talking about those pretty soon. I'm sorry, yeah, did you we- say anything? Because I was, I couldn't hear you over me, me, the like slobbering sounds of me drooling while staring at Pac-Man or thinking about doing anything other than I was, ball. I was, I was throat deep in a pumpkin pie. <laughs> you yeah. you're, you're you're on top of the fall thing. I guess I haven't really bought in yet, but No, you're really you're really hung up on the ski ball portion of tonight. I just <laughs> it's just, it's just a, a thing you do with friends. It's not that big a deal. And you it's can a have a garbage much... game. Oh, okay. So, so, look, can we can not... we like step over and do the basketball like shooting the basketballs into the hoop? Is that something cuz that allowed is that old school enough for you guys to let me do it? 
No, because the basketball machine is out of order. Okay, we've gone uh, through this before. It's out of order, and the coins that, that I bought, people like I bought keep... $20 in coins, and they only work on the skee-ball machine. So we're going to play it, Why? and we're going to have a good time. What kind of establishment is this? You've Why got... do you ruin everything that we... You know why? Why is it so hard for you to have a good time and just be friends with the people who want to enjoy your company? It's because why? he's bad at skee ball. Because <laughs> he's so bad at skee ball that he that he has to self sabotage his relationships. <laughs> Fuck you guys. We're speaking gonna... <laughs> of s- speaking of self sabotage, how are we enjoying over the garden walls so far? It's Quite a delicious. A it's a delicious treat for 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 boys and girls. It's good for yeah. it's good for ears. It's good for eyes. It's good it's, for your ears. It's wonderful. Yeah, we had a lot of fun talking about it last week. Uh, we talked quite a lot about it last week. Yeah, for, we did. You know, a net of about twenty-two minutes of show. <laughs> uh, I think we multiplied that by about five. No, you guys, you, you, but you know what? It's you, worth it. It's good. It's good talkings. You guys know how, like, when it comes to uh, plugging things in together, usually one's referred to as the male and the female? Yeah, okay. The... Yeah, if you want to be binary about it, then yeah. Well, look, well, I'm, sure. not the one who, I'm not the one who named how plugs work, so let's not get too too <laughs> deep into blaming me on this one yet. <laughs> okay, but let's, let's, yeah. let's go along let's... with this premise. Yes? Do you think when it, co- when it comes to sound, do you ever notice that your mouth is like the male, <laughs> male port? Your ears are like the female one. I, what? I, what are we doing? Why? That's really funny. Rory, have you have you found someone's like gutter marijuana at the skee ball machine <laughs> at the arcade? Yeah. Hidden in the hidden in the hundred lapped it out of the change machine. <laughs> oh, now God. you're just coming up with no, cool deep up. thoughts. What a what a cool doober I found in the change release. Oh man, this is gonna make skee so I much doobie. better. Is that what is that what I'm missing? <laughs> skee ball's fun, but only if you're high. You guys are high, aren't you? Maybe on our own supply. Yeah. I'm I'm on. I've done the devil's drug, <laughs> and that's and that's weed marijuana, <laughs> and. <laughs> And that's why we're just I, getting <laughs> radically ripped on the ski ball. Hey, is that situation. one of those jazz cigarettes? <laughs> oh my god! Let's talk about let's talk about this first episode that we watched, episode three. Spleef ball. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna ski ball right into the. Oh, and I only got ten points. Don't know who she is or how she is or when or why she is, but as for where she is, she is where we will go to Adelaide. To Adelaide. Fix that last part, but that's the idea. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So Austin and Rory are dragging me away. I, I, all I did was touch the crane game, and they, they will not let me even do that. We're back at Ski Ball, and this is uh, episode three of Over the Garden Wall. It's called School Town Follies, and I have a long blurb for you because thank you, Wikipedia. Wirt and Beatrice come across a school full of animal students being taught by a human teacher, Mrs. Miss Langtree. She mistakes them for students and tells them to, jo- to join the class, which Wirt does. Meanwhile, Greg and some of his newfound animal friends are chased by a gorilla, and they hide in the school. 
Greg cheers everyone up by adding molasses to the potatoes that they're having for lunch. The next day, a benefit concert is organized for the school, which earns enough money to keep it open. Wirt trips over the gorilla, revealing that it was Miss Langtree's missing missing fiance, Jimmy Brown, stuck in a costume. Now that's a just a completely unconnected string of things happening for it's just I, I, I <laughs> it's such just a list of facts that happen and it leaves out the full effect of everything, you know? Just yeah. reading that, you would think this was a terrible episode, but I think well, this you, is you have probably to, one of my favorites. It's it's mm-hmm. it's Same. it's it's a thing that happens when you focus on the plot of a show that hits a lot of beats if you were to write them down as as a I guess what I'm trying to say is the show's not really plot focused, so yeah. you can you can you can summarize what happens and it seems nonsensical because it is, and that's part of the you know, part of the part of the silliness. But also, it doesn't capture the fact that the plot's not why you're watching the show. Yeah. Well, some episodes, some some are are more well, plot focused. Uh, this uh, one definitely is not. I mean, but none of the episodes are, you know, some sort of are. They're not a. It's not Star Trek, right? It's when they yeah. go. It, it's never trying to. It's never trying to. Uh, present you with a with a with a topic and then make you squirm as they investigate it. Mm-hmm. It's ten. It's sure. ten minutes, and I'm not trying to dump on it. I'm saying the the plot sounds chaotic because when you just explain the plot, there's an impression that the plot's in, the most important part. Of yeah, it. and it's sure, not. sure. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. Yeah, I and, mean, and you can't. You can't put a summary. You can't put uh, write you can't a summarize for a, a song. You can't summarize a song. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. This one's this one's called Schooltown Follies, like I said. Which, uh, if you're sort of you know turning your brain on and hearing Follies, you might think, given the the old timey nature of this show, that this would be a musical episode. Uh, and it 100 percent is. There's at least two musical numbers. And one of them that gets reused, and, and they to are be both fair, incredible. Two is the smallest number you can use to describe as at least. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just mean it's a like in terms of time spent in this eleven-minute episode, we're singing a lot. Uh, yeah, it's fair, which is fun. And there, and next episode too, episode four was a was a very even very more of a musical, episode. but it, it yeah. definitely further compounds how fast the 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 show has to move. When three oh minutes of a ten-minute show are music, yeah, <laughs> so fast. Every yeah, God, it's wild. <laughs> so um, the first song that we get is uh, they're they're wandering through the woods, and Greg is singing a really cute song he's written about going to Adelaide's house, and uh, I got to play a clip of it because it has this incredibly anticlimactic ending that ends like <laughs> it's so, two beats it's early. So good, it's really good. <laughs> Greg's um, very aware that it needs work. <laughs> right. Yeah. The ending just kind of tapers off to let's go to Lila's house. Uh, I need to fix that last part. Um, uh. And I, what I really like about how the way they've done some of the songs in these episodes is not really like getting too fat of a head about, yeah. their, about doing a musical number. They yes. don't really like, you know, part the seas and kind of let this musical number happen or they don't and they don't auto tune it they don't overproduce it it's mm-hmm. very much just kind of organic and homespun and uh and just happens and and sometimes it's in media res like the first song is happening has already started happening yeah um when the show starts and so 
you know, they really don't, you know, put a bunch of arrows pointing to it and say, oh, look at this cool. We, we put up, pulled out all the stops. We're going to do a musical number. And it's just like, yeah, here's here's the song or whatever. And I think of all of the musical numbers that happened in today's episodes, uh, they're all kind of treated as um, everyone's aware that somebody has broken into song in kind of yeah. a strange way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, the, the whole episode really kicks off when Greg wanders off, uh, sort of unexpectedly and they have to go look for him and they find this old timey schoolhouse. And, uh, as the, the summary said, there is a, a a woman, a teacher named Miss Langtree and the whole like class is just animals. And you might be thinking like (laughs) animal people that talk or like little animal kids, but they're no, no, it's just, it's just woodland animals. There's like a raccoon in a chair and he looks very confused. It's kind of a reveal (laughs) though in the episode because the show is magical and there is a talking intelligent, you know, sapient bird. Mm -hmm, Uh, Right. There's no reason to assume that these are not, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, personified. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, uh, so it's, they're it's semi-sentient, I would say. And it's a reveal later as as the school owner, the father, is lamenting his terrible business investment to try to teach school to teach learning to to woodland beasts. <laughs> yeah, teach what did, how to do? How to teach count the animals spell. how to count and spell? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Um, we the, have to talk about this woman, Miss Langtree. Yes, Miss Langtree. She's a she's a wonderful, wonderful little trope of a person, and I I'm so here for it. She's got like this kind of uptight. I, I've never left and never seen the world kind of vibe, and is all about like pretty sayings written on her chalkboard and pining after her man. <laughs> yeah, so she has like the Gibson girl look from like 1900s with like yeah. the pin curls and the like bustle era shit. Um, it's very like Kate Beaton. Oh my god! Yeah, um, you're very, right. Like her, her She's whole right aesthetic out of Park is of Vagrant. Like, exactly. Um, and the 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 voice actress, um, she is uh, her name is Janet Klein, and I looked her up, and she hasn't done much, like according to IMDb, but she's a musician who does this kind of like twee 1900 sort <laughs> of like black and white old style um, uh, music. You know, yeah. sort of like 20 swing kind of era stuff. Uh, and she's just a perfect, perfect actor choice, perfect casting yeah. choice for this role. Um, mm-hmm. And as we go into the next episode, there are some more of those same kinds of musician voices that they that they get. Um, and that's just <laughs> a cool a choice. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic choice. Instead of getting, you know, oh, they got uh Maya Rudolph in here like that would be great but like they get <laughs> not just like a name but like they get somebody who specifically does this antiquated unique voice yeah, they, that's like they, where they is a, that from they've made a conscious choice for the show to have a really specific style and they went looking for people for whom that style is already in their back pocket yeah yeah and absolutely I, I think that's a really smart choice because you end up with some interesting shit um and uh, okay, so I have to. We have to drop one clip in here now. It's the it's the whole lead in to when she starts her alphabet song. Young man, I will not stand for such nonsense in my classroom. I got enough nonsense from that no good, two timey, low down, handsome man of mine. Oh, Jimmy Brown, why did you have to leave me so 
And now, with my father threatening to close the school, and that wild gorilla on the loose, why, Jimmy, I just have one thing to say. A is for the apple that he gave to me, but I found a worm inside. B is for beloved. That yeah, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's a necessity of the show that we that we that we hit on in the first in the first week that um, to spend most of the ten minutes in the episode, they've they've got to really just vomit every pre- every part of the premise into your into your into your lap right away. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and they and have they to manage... be over the top about it. Yeah, they managed to, to almost always find the funny while they're doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love I love what they've done here. I believe because... I said almost always, so let's right, not right. let's not chop anybody's <laughs> dick off too yeah, far. No. no, I know. I I was just you let's know not cut it off too deep. We're we're in a place where I would say the show is a catchphrase machine and has a lot of great single lines, and sometimes the framework to get to those lines is clunky. Yeah, um, sure. And so but this one I love. Yes. I love this because it it feels like it, it feels like I mean I I said it last week like I feel like the most of the plots of these episodes are Greg and Wirt and Beatrice sort of unwittingly wandering into some other weird scenario they have to learn the rules of you know like they don't know the rules here and they have to sort of be like what the hell's going on and like engage with it and this one feels like they just kind of showed up in like some kind of period piece, like Sarah Plain and Tall Hallmark special. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and and she just immediately wastes no time in telling her whole life story and like working it into a song. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, the yeah, the atmosphere in this episode is just off the charts. Awesome. Uh. <laughs> There's this whole sort of subplot that's happening with Beatrice and uh, Wirt where Beatrice accuses Wirt of not really having any free will. And he's just kind of like saying yes and doing what he's told. And he's resenting that. And he's kind of rebelling against Beatrice doing that. So he's kind of, you know, trying a new thing. Doing what he's told. Malicious compliance, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, And Um, and I would argue that it's kind of the act, you know, the heart of the episode is this is this dynamic. This is kind uh of. The, the little right. bit that's being pushed and pulled and, and explored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And meanwhile, yeah. Greg sort of ran off because he felt like he had to he hates do school. his part. He, to he had to do his cat. part. Yeah. And then he realized he saw the schoolhouse and he's very anti-school uh, <laughs> and is off with the like, you know, the little rascals like, version yeah, of the. He's got these ragamuffin animals that he's found. These like no school uh-huh. crew. Like a right. bunch of a, a bunch a of animal and woodland possum that yeah <laughs> these woodland truants <laughs> and it <laughs> and it's such a funny little dynamic and they play this game that Greg has invented called Two Old Cat <laughs> that might be my favorite single joke from the entire show I don't know it's Two Old Cat is incredible <laughs> I guess no the setup rule... for it there's no, no logic behind it it's just it's like they suddenly just start finding old cats like everywhere he just reaches underneath the the schoolhouse and pulls out an old ass cat and is like here we go here's one old cat and then the deer finds an old cat and he's like you found another one wait no i think that cat is too old and the cat's got like spectacles and a cane and a beard Yeah, and then there's a quick cut to the deer very sadly, or the deer or one of the other animals very concernedly feeding him milk like he's on death's door, like he's about to pass, and it's like, oh boy, we better take care of you. 
That's um, too old. That's a too yeah, old Yeah, this cat. cat is in hospice care all of a sudden. And it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's one of the funny things about the show that, like, you know, for the show to be consistent with it, you know, with with the, the logic of the world, Greg has to be a constant nonsense machine and a constant <laughs> agent of chaos. Uh-huh. You yes. know, like we don't really ever, I don't think, crack through that facade. Uh, right. We get glimmers of him having, you know, a heart. That's not something that is that he's lacking. Um, but he's never. He's I think, never. I think, still kind of Bugs Bunny, right? Like he's still yeah. kind of this. This. I think he's a human man. man. I think we're going to get right. a few moments of that in our fourth week, actually, the last two episodes of the show. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but yeah. if I if I recall correctly. Um, so there's yeah, there's like a bunch of nonsense. And then there's this gorilla, which of which we heard this <laughs> Langtree mention earlier. There's a gorilla on the loose and it shows up and like chases after Greg and the ragamuffins like some kind of uh, old timey 1920s chase scene. And they hit him on the head. And to take refuge from the gorilla, they join in uh, at mealtime at the schoolhouse, and they all end up at lunch where they've been served plain mashed potatoes, every single one of them on a plate and nothing else. Yeah, this is kind of the like 90s fruit by the foot commercial setup of like, oh, man, everyone here has the dumb lunch. Look (laughs) at this crazy idea, you know, like (laughs) suddenly it's, it's, it's a fun it's a fun little weird kind of reality where i don't know i don't think i know a little kid who wouldn't just eat a plate of mashed potatoes <laughs> yeah uh-huh sure um like, i think pretty... it's i i think it is going for the shirley temple like animal uh, yeah, crackers I was gonna in say, my soup fully but, animal crackers no a hundred percent and 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 it looks it, it's animated it, it you, you uh, it's just a pile of white you know it's like it's, it's right it's a good choice uh visually it may as well be oliver's gruel or porridge mm-hmm. or whatever but yeah. but i guess i guess my point is that uh the internal logic already kind of starts to you know pull at the seams at this at the very start of the premise you know he mm-hmm. they don't they don't get served gruel or porridge yeah it's they get just, served a pretty serviceable potatoes. plate and like a decent helping of mashed potatoes <laughs> Uh-huh. Rory's like, you, you I can do it. a lot worse. I can do a lot worse. Did you yeah. eat dinner, Rory? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah we should hear. We should hear some of the song right now. We should. We should yeah, but but first, Greg gets the idea to add molasses. He sees a jug of molasses on the piano, and he's going to spice things up with <laughs> a little glug of molasses on everybody's potatoes. And then he sings a little something like this. Here, Miss Langtree, play something like this. Oh, like this? Uh, good enough. <laughs> oh, potatoes and molasses. If you want some, oh, just ask us the warm and soft like puppies and socks filled with cream and candy rocks. Oh, potatoes and molasses. And this is kind of his 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 Shawshank moment, right? Where he's he's at. <laughs> He's brought music to the prisoners. Yeah. Oh, Captain, my captain. Yeah. <laughs> Greg's Shawshank moment. I like that. Uh, and then then uh, Miss Langtree's dad shows up. Mr. Moneybucks shows up and he busts in and he pulls kind of a footloose dad and confiscates all the musical instruments because he thinks that they're, you know, it's like, is this what I've been paying for? Potatoes. That's enough. Father. Is this 
what I've been paying for. There's also the, the like the idea that, yeah, he's funding the school and he's going to shut down the school. And so he's coming in and introducing the kind of, I guess, the one of the conflicts of the episode other than a gorilla. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's just it's such a weird mishmash of things happening because um, yeah. it's this like 30 second plot that's been introduced briefly, but that, you know, again, like he's going to shut down the school and we've got to learn this whole new character. And it, there's just so much being well, thrown at you. And Greg and again, came in the, in the middle. <laughs> the plot, yeah. yeah. The plot is what happens around Greg and Wirt and Beatrice, right? Like yep. this is, yeah. this, this yeah. is what's orbiting them is this, is this alien world they've been thrust into. But, mm-hmm. but I thought, you know, but at the core of the show, what, what, what's always interesting is, is how these characters bounce off the, the, uh, the the nonsense right mm-hmm. i mean they've they've t- tuned it so that it's at kind of the barest level of comprehension right um, and, you know if this was a, a longer show we would have you know more time to kind of process all these beats and and obviously they've had to trim it trim it quite a lot and so it's like okay what's that great we're gonna do this this is it this is happening cool okay well what's next? and it kind of it kind of relishes in the in in cartoon logic, right? It, right, exactly. It uh, it is it is decidedly tr- not. I don't want to say it's trying to be as as absurd as possible because it's not. It is. Uh, it can feel absurd when we again when we condense the conversation uh, in a yeah. way that sort of plays up the plot points, but it mostly is just having fun. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, if it if it wasn't when you're watching, it would feel like it was building to some sort of cacophonous noise of ridiculous. Exactly. Like, there's no there's no Seinfeld ending. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like instead, it's just here's here's some more like fantastical kind of weird shit. Let's play. And and I like I like that. I like how they how they navigate that without making it fucking impossible to watch. Yeah. So so Papa Langtree shows up and he's got this giant coat. And he's very sort of a stodgy, stodgy, grumpy man. Uh, and yeah, he takes all the instruments and they're having fun. And now they're off to bed. Uh, and it goes from lunch to nighttime pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and they all have to go <laughs> to bed. And uh, Wirt and Greg, uh, I'm trying to remember what exactly gets them out of the house. But I, Honestly, it's just Greg saying, let's go save the day. And he goes, okay. It's another yeah. moment where Wirt is sort of led by the nose and Beatrice rolls her eyes. Uh huh. Um, it is kind of a funny side note, though, where we see uh, Wirt with his hat off for the first time, and his right. his hair his hair has formed a a triangular cone uh, <laughs> where where his his hat normally is. There's um, something so much fun. You know, I just said how you know how the show relishes in cartoon logic. It it is in every show I can think of that does this that really kind of that takes a character who's always wears the same thing, and just pushes that a little bit see we mm-hmm. see under the hat we see them change their shirt it's just fun yeah, yeah. no i Agreed. love that i live for that um, shit. so so <laughs> yeah. they find they find the father uh sitting and crying alone with his <laughs> instruments uh and, and he, in the woods and lamenting his business and his funds and he he takes off his coat and turns out he's actually a tiny person and his coat yeah. is very very large, um, and props up a tent out of a, t- a trombone. <laughs> it's just that good visual storytelling that you're not going to get in a, a Arthur and the Knights of Justice, you know? Like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> like it's it's such a nice little metaphor for how like 
how he seemed so imposing. And then suddenly we find out the truth, which is that he took the instrument so that he could sell them to have money to keep the place open. You know what is so brilliant about Over the Garden Wall compared to so many other shows and movies and any any kind of like content out there is is, is when you you have all of these things that happen for the sake of a joke is is that they ring that bell twice. What are you specifically talking about here? Uh, the first joke is when a mean old man steals the instruments and kind of does the whole <laughs> footloose routine, and then yeah. we find out in a sort of like tragically comic kind of way that he's that his school is 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 performing so poorly and he's taking the instruments to pawn them because to get he the wanted lights to teach on. animals how to count and spell <laughs> like because so something that me and Austin talk about a lot is is like a show kind of you know betraying their own characters and their own story for the sake of a single joke yeah and uh yeah and it's it just always feels so it, it it does not it doesn't feel good and uh and a show that manages to to at least ring that stone a couple times before they've before they've just raw dogged you it <laughs> makes it <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah just makes I it mean, that much better yeah, yeah totally uh so so Wirt and Greg decide to actually steal his stuff after this sad story like let's go steal his stuff what uh, and we cut to, uh, the father finding out his stuff's been stolen. And then he wanders through the woods and finds, uh, a concert is being played, uh, from these, I guess, musically gifted animals of the, the school <laughs> and they're earning money, um, by playing music. Uh, yeah. and that's kind of a fun resolution there. Yeah. Um, and it, and it lets Greg, you know, sort of jump up and be the band leader and they're doing a rendition of potatoes and molasses and it's <laughs> it's very nice yeah and that's when um the gorilla returns and <laughs> the gorilla uh uh so there's a running thread of of wirt not tying his shoes and mm-hmm. so i guess as much as there is a seinfeld ending his, his shoes that he, <laughs> he refused to tie uh he trips once more on his untied shoes and knocks over the gorilla the head comes off, and then inside the suit is Jimmy Brown, that no good, handsome Jimmy Brown, <laughs> uh, doing his best Hank Hill. Yeah, um, no kidding. It's Thomas. It's Thomas Lennon from Reno Nine One One. Yes, uh, it is. But uh, uh, he's he's doing a very sort of Hank Hill sort of voice, talking about got a job in the circus, so I could finally buy you that wedding ring. But when I got stuck in the dang suit, everybody was too doggone scared to help me out. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just trapped in a suit. He couldn't escape. Yeah. Uh, that's a it's, funny. That's funny. It is funny and dumb and whatever. Uh, and everybody just sort of smiles and watches uh, potatoes and molasses. And well, be- yes, because the father is like, I guess the world really is as sweet as potatoes and molasses. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think <laughs> One of the things that I loved about this episode comes at the very ending um, and kind of what solidified what was kind of so precious about it to me was uh, I think the sort of, you know, the the way the episode is set up and uh, is is the appearance that it's going to be about we're learning to be a little more assertive in life. Uh Uh-huh. And instead, uh, you know, the, the, the moral is that Beatrice realizes she was kind of being a bit of a turd to this mm-hmm. poor to this kind of poor beta male and to give him a fucking <laughs> break. Oh god. 
<laughs> yeah, and and, and yeah. Then she tells him she's like, "Wait, tie your shoes." And he goes, "Okay." And he ties his shoes, and then she, we sort sort of see her like smile, and that's the last thing we see in the episode. Yeah, like yeah, she, she kind she of takes of, a little more takes a little more leadership and uh, yeah. and a little more empathy. It's it's cool. I, yeah. I uh, weren't Beatrice. Uh, like when it comes to that sort of like really really classic meet cute of two people who don't get along at the beginning, mm-hmm. their you know their romance, which I say in sort of air quotes because they they don't they don't wind yeah. up uh, yeah exactly betrothed. yeah it's but, a friend the, romance it's it's a no but it's a but it's a it's a romance narrative sure uh, yeah and and it's just it's it's top notch man I can't think of one that I enjoy more. In, mm-hmm. in film and television of watching you know, Beatrice and work get closer. You yeah, know, it's I nice. mean, it's still, there is still kind of that issue where they do have very similar voices initially. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, you kind of see them, the writers working in real time to kind of give them conflicts with each other because if they're both united, their voices in the script yeah. would be pretty identical. Yes. Well, um, yeah, but, but before this episode, they both kind of suffer from kind of being the straight man in in a right. in a three person cast. You kind of can't have two straight men, and, right. and then just and then just Greg banging on toads. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and they they seem to have really nicely navigated, not as much by changing Beatrice, but sort of like massaging Wirt into kind of this like. They found him made work funny, and they found they made Beatrice just a little bit meaner and a little bit scarier. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. They played with they're playing with status, I think, a little more. Yeah, it's um, nice. power. Yeah, very much so, and especially, uh, well, in the in the third episode we watched today, especially they have they have some good moments. Uh, yeah, but for now, I think we should hear from a sponsor real fast before we jump over to episode four. Let's do it. Andrew? Yeah, what's up? Andrew, uh, please, please come to me and please speak, speak the <laughs> words here. of our sponsor. Uh, oh, can yeah. you tell us the words of our sponsor? And that is uh, Uber, but with grandmas. <laughs> Uber, but with grandmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is this one's really fun. I'm a I'm a pedestrian professionally. You know, I I've never had a driver's license. And so I use all those ride share apps like Uber and Lyft and that sort of thing. But I don't know. You can't see. Andy, from here, but my panties have have hit the floor <laughs> because of my lack of car. Yeah, no, I get that <laughs> a lot. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes when I'm taking these Ubers, uh, I I have this I have this like feeling deep down in my gut like they're t- like the the drivers are just too young. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> Like, they don't know the world. Like, how are they going to connect to me, a person with an old soul? How are they going to know how to drive? And they haven't been around the block enough times. Not enough times. And they don't have those wrinkles that I like. So, you know, for those guys that really like wrinkles on their people and on their on their drivers, I think there's a really fun service, and it's called Uber Boat with Grandmas. And then you can you can kind of really get exactly what you want out of your rideshare experience, if you know what I'm saying. And sure. you get to, you know, before they pick you up, you get to see photos of all the grandmas. Uh, so that you can kind of... Oh, it's like know, Tinder for grandmas. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can pick the one you like, you know? You don't want to spend that the long The one who's really doing it for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like, uh, you know, every wrinkle, it's like a, it's like a thumbprint, you know? Everybody's different. And you, you know, you want to get the one that really appeals to you, if you know what I'm saying. I do. Now, 
Do all of these grandmas uh, are all have all their licenses been revoked, or are they legally allowed to drive? If they come, they come barreling down the hill in a 1965 <laughs> Cadillac. <laughs> well, you know, all their licenses are in the process of getting revoked, but Uber really has the their finger on on the on the lawman, if you know what I'm saying. And so they're they're uh, they're doing all their work to make sure that people like me people like me can still enjoy the pleasures of having a grandma drive you to work or wherever, or just drive you around. So how do they get the upholstery to reek of cigarette smoke so quickly? <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing. They didn't do it quickly. They find grandmas <laughs> with these cars already. That is part of the process. These are genuine lived-in granny cars. It's granny mobiles. They have not had their emissions checked in two decades, and neither have the grannies, and <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> You get that authentic old woman smell, that old person smell, and it is it is exactly what you want, what you're looking for. I need a toffee with one of those, ladies. <laughs> she'll get she'll get you where you're going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Normally you got water in the Uber, but they've they've got like chamomile tea and Werther's Originals in the back of all of their cars. So yeah, I hope that sounds really fun and uh, kind of exactly what you want if you're a person who's like me. We all know the beast, Pilgrim. He lurks out there in the unknown, seeking those who are far from home, hoping never to let you return. Ooh, better beware. Ooh, the beast is out there. Ooh, better be wise and don't believe his lies. For once you well, uh, I just got the high score again at and wow, that's so Andy cool. still has gotten You're no so cool. points, I think, wow. even though it's, it's really impressive because most of the time, what no matter where you throw, you're going to at least get the base number of points. That's 10 but, points. Yeah, you're gonna get, yeah you get but Andy points. has zero points this whole yeah, time. You, weird. Can get, it's like, you get zero points in the gutter, but it is pretty hard to hit. It's yeah. it's so it's so strange the way my balls keep like curving over towards that. It's Jurassic like Park wanted. Game. You've got the wanted ability, but in the bad <laughs> to curve your bullets, but straight down into that gutter. Yeah, yeah, right into the gutter. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, you guys want to look over there? There's sort of a Jurassic Park game that's calling me. He's I gonna mean, run up with our uh, coins, and I'm not, and I'm not falling for it for one second. Yeah, no. Put your body. He's in gonna front scamper. Of him. He's yeah. gonna scamper <laughs> off pockets of jingle with our quarters. Ha <laughs> 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 I've got, I've got, I've made it to Jurassic Park, and oh no, I forgot. All the coins are game specific, and these are skee ball coins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're skee ball coins only. Fuck. Um, we're, we're not trapped yeah. in here. We're not trapped in here with you, Andy. <laughs> Well, while we wait for Andy to score anything, um, (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna look at the fourth chapter of Over the Garden Wall: Songs of the Dark Lantern. So here Mm. is the blurb for that episode. Uh, Wirt and Greg visit a tavern to ask for directions to Adelaide's house. The tavern people warn the brothers about the beast and reveal that the creature turns people into trees of oil to burn in his lantern. Wirt steals a talking horse named Fred and finds Beatrice <laughs> unconscious next to the woodsman, and Wirt and Greg ride off with her. Meanwhile, the beast reminds the woodsman that the flame inside his lantern contains his daughter's soul, and that he must cut down Adelwood trees so that the fire can keep her alive. Now, 90% of that synopsis was from the last five seconds of the episode. <laughs> True. Uh, and they say nothing about the large chunk in the middle that yeah. was all silliness. The um, fucking we're gonna musical talk review about that of a weird lot. people. 
Oh my god. Yeah. There's so much silly bullshit in this episode. This is the, <laughs> this is the most memorable episode for me by far uh mm. of the whole show. And I think it's because I was so I was so caught unawares by the content. Um mm-hmm. I, it's it's got such a wonderful like just just like molasses thick creepy weird vibe and like i, this I don't is even the first time the show really slows down yes mm-hmm. it, yes thankfully and just kind of sits in a spot you know for for a while mm-hmm. um and yeah. i think there's one or two more episodes like this that are that are really kind of pretty pretty minimalist kind of a bottle episode so to speak yeah, yeah. um uh, but now, i don't recall off the head yeah, there's the dream one later uh, near the mm-hmm. end. But so um, most of the most of this episode takes place at the Dark Lantern Tavern, I believe is the name of the tavern. Um, yeah, which is why it's called Songs of the Dark Lantern. And the way they the way they get there is they they've like hitched a ride on a on a hay cart, and uh, there's some weird nonsense with Greg and a duck. I don't know why he has a duck. Oh, it's just more, okay. More so weirdness. there's a there's <laughs> actually funny. this is this is one of the greatest jokes written in the script here. <laughs> um, where Greg, we established that Greg is hungry. They're, they're, yeah, they're pitching a ride in this hay cart while, uh, the guy driving the cart is shouting out the beast. He's afraid they were gonna, it was gonna take them to Adelaide's, but he's so afraid of the beast that they've gone totally off course. So, uh, there's a duck outside of the hay bale and Greg grabs the duck and he's looking about trying to eat, find a way to eat the duck or get duck eggs, eggs out of the duck. Do you know how to make eggs from a duck? I'm hungry. What about the beast? The beast is upon me. I didn't see any beast. That driver is nuts. Mmm, nuts. Phew. Well, that's good. Good? That crazy driver's taking us way off course. Really? Yeah. Who knows where we are by now with that guy acting all bananas. Ooh, banana nut duck bread. (laughs) 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 It's just just a funny joke. It's silly. I liked it. Um, But yeah, then they fall off the hay bale and they're outside of a creepy tavern. um, And they go inside. But not and before they, getting seeing a very silly horse outside that just kind of. Yeah, the horse makes some really uncomfortably human whinny sounds. <laughs> very much yes. like a person doing horse sounds. Aren't easy there, foreshadow Jones. Uh, it's not my foreshadowing. It's their foreshadowing. Uh, so they make it into the tavern. They spend the next eight minutes in this tavern just sort of trying to get a leg up on the conversation with the people in here so that they can ask for directions. Uh, it's impossible. Every person in this tavern, like it's like it's like there's a rule that you can't be in this tavern unless you are some sort of like trope, like someone's the baker. Someone is the tailor. And they're so confused by Wirt and Greg because they don't know what they are. They don't know what concept they're fulfilling. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's a really it's an it's an interesting What's I don't know. It's an interesting type? scenario. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what are you? What I'm class just, I'm, I'm are work. you? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and unbidden, they all start singing songs to kind of introduce themselves, beginning with the highwayman. And oh, no, they no, The highwayman is last. No, no, well, no. He, He's kind of the last of the introductions. Everybody, there's a He's brief the first sort of the tavern keeper. The tavern keeper. He's the keeper. first one to sing. 
Yeah, the tavern keeper comes in and sort of points out everybody, including the master and the apprentice. The so I think it's apprenticeism. This dom Yeah, it's this sort of fancy man, and then a, a some sort of boy servant some who's tied of... with a rope, sort of leashed, uh, leashed to this older man uh, in a strange, uh, strange <laughs> and it, relationship. And it kind of gets weirder from there, right? Where they. We meet the tailor, who's like this sort of whinging man, this older... Nobody else seems to lament their position in life, but the tailor is not fond of... Fond of us. Important to mention, I guess, is that uh, the the barmaid, the tavern keeper, who has a very Betty Boop voice... Mm -hmm. um, Which is not the only, like, Betty Boop kind of reference we're getting here in this this episode, but... uh, she does not want the bluebird. She does not want Beatrice in there. And she starts right. smacking her with a with her broom because it's like she thinks they're bad luck. And she's like, lady, bluebirds are good luck. And she's like, I don't need any of the luck. You get the hell out of here. And on her way out, Beatrice yells, curse you, lady, curse you. You'll die someday and I'll laugh. Laugh! <laughs> 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 it's pretty funny. Also, it, it, you know, when I said that they, they kind of, fa- so that's that's obviously a great example of, of the of finding the, like, the mean in Beatrice. That's funny. Yes. Also, Beatrice completely fucked off. She flew off into the woods. <laughs> it is not the first time either. Is she has yeah. done not that like, in a it, couple other episodes. Yeah, it's, it's not like when... Uh, you know, when Greg goes off and is just like kind of right around the corner, she's just like, peace y'all. <laughs> That's the last time I get hit with a broom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her patience is thin. Um, so so the highwayman, we see this, this you know, kind of a, like a gnome sort of yeah. a man. Uh, he like interrupts then, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying to get to. I'm the highwayman. Okay, good to know. Well, so you see, I'm the highwayman. <laughs> and then he sings this song, uh, and I believe the guy who performed him was uh, his name is Jaron Blind Boy Paxton. That is correct. And he is another one of these sort of antiquated, like a bluegrass musician. But I find it important to point out that he is our age. He's yes, like, he's like thirty-one. And he's like this 1920s blues man from L.A., uh, which <laughs> right. I so love. Like it's they mm-hmm. found these weird, these weird people who are channeling hundred year old music. And yeah, sort of the other guy who's way. the the woodcarver who we'll talk about too, who also sounds like a, a cross between like Tiny Tim and some like 90 year old uh, <laughs> sort of bluegrass singer. Um, he's yeah. also like our age. This guy uh, Frank Fairfield. Yeah, uh, who, who performed the woodcarver? Uh, it just—it's a trip to hear him sing. Uh, in an interview, somebody was like, "You were just born in the wrong time, <laughs> huh?" And he's like, "Yep, yes, sir." Uh, <laughs> yeah, cursed, uh, uh, cursed time traveler. Anyway, but this highway man—it's like—it's probably one of the more like inexplicably unsettling things I've ever seen in a kids' cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine I mean you should you should watch this episode like I'll, I'll say that every every week like you should watch these episodes but he is he is moving not unlike some old Betty Boop like 1930s era rotoscope animation though he's not rotoscoped the animation goes wild like it's got that <laughs> oddly uh, like weird shit like that 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 kind of uncanny valley movement where you're like this is based on a real person's movement but it's wrong and it, then it's it feels like, like the, the mushrooms. Is... 
it's like the mushrooms kicked in just for his yeah. moment. <laughs> and it's, then it's, it's fine it's again. Like, it's like the camera is a fisheye lens, too. And he keeps purposefully getting really close to it. So parts of his body, like while he's gesticulating, like bulge and distend and his face gets huge. And and he's singing this whole like fucking creepy song with no discernible he goes beat. real low. So you see, I'm the highway man. I make ends meet just like any man. I work with my hands. If you cross my path, I'll knock you out as you off the road. Steal your shoes from off your feet. I'm the highway man. When I make ends It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, Fuck. Cool, cool moment with no explanation. Uh, and it just kind of leaves you thinking about it and what you just saw and why you saw it. Yes. Um, and so that happens and there's kind of not much that <laughs> that comes of it. Uh, and he, that's just kind of him saying his piece. Also, he's and a highwayman. Yeah, he's the, a criminal. And he talks about stealing comes, money. Two actual things that happen in the tavern. Mostly what we learn is that perhaps the relationship of the the woodcutter or not the woodcutter that's this guy the uh, the woodsman and the and the beast is not as we may have initially uh yeah right uh thought it was that you know they're yes. like no the the one with the lantern is the beast yeah and, and, yeah. and that really starts worth thinking that maybe maybe Christopher Lloyd is the true bad guy mhm um for chris yeah, poor Chris. Um, but before that, uh, the the woodcarver they decide that he's uh, that Wirt is a pilgrim, and he and explains a lover, he, and a lover. So he's sort of set up. Ah, oh, you after girl, aren't you? Oh, and then he sings this fluttery, old timey song. Uh, yeah, it's like happy songs now that they've discovered what like character type <laughs> he is. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, we found your class. Oh, thank God. You're the lover. Oh, let's figure it out. Write a loving letter, boy, that swoops and sweeps and curls. Calligraphers are just a thing to help you win your girl. Then you'll need to dress up smart. The tailor's here by chance. To stitch your trousers, hold your belt, and find culture of friends. Your shoes, my goodness, how they're worn, but you're too young to know. Nothing courts a woman's scorn more than scuffs on the toe. The cobbler can... They also put word on the spot to sing a song. And he doesn't do so well because he doesn't have anything prepared. Um, So he tries to sing and he does a poor job, but he does actually give us the most sort of plot or character explanation of 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 Greg and words. And what's going on? Yeah. No, I I, I don't have a sing. Sing, lover, sing. No. Sing, sing, lover, sing. Sing, lover, sing. Sing, boy, sing. My name is Wirt, and his name is Greg. We're related cause my mom remarried and then gave birth to him with my stepdad. <sighs> We're not from around here. Can you all give me some directions today? So we can be on our <sighs> way. It's like we learned we learned their half brothers. Like, it's such a g- cool and good way to do exposition because it's just worth searching for anything to say. But it's a fun way for us to learn uh-huh. that they're half brothers because otherwise that would never come up right. with anyone's conversation. No. You know? No. Yeah. And, and I can just feel the like weird clunky dialogue <laughs> that would happen with like Beatrice where it's like, well, yeah, but half brothers and all my mom. <laughs> like, no, that doesn't work. This is yeah. way better. Um. So... 
so yeah, they they warn he brings up the beast at some point and they they get real real uncomfortable and they warn him uh the tavern keeper yeah, the tavern keeper starts singing a song about the beast and her little Betty Boot voice and she says uh don't believe his lies, which immediately takes me to a memento place. Uh, but then, yeah, they, they imply that the beast is going to turn them into Adelwood trees and burn him, burn them in his lantern, um, which is, which is freaky. Uh, like maybe, maybe Adelwood trees are, are like lost kids or something. You know what I mean? People. Like, Adelwood trees are people. Yeah. Uh, and so. <laughs> is that Seinfeld yes. in, 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 in Seinfeld? <laughs> is, is, Seinfeld is Seinfeld in Seinfeld Seinfeld Green. Green. Yeah. That's, Seinfeld Green. Silent Sign Seinfeld Lent Green. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. No, no Soylent Green for you. <laughs> What's the um, deal with these people? <laughs> <laughs> They're in everything. <laughs> I've heard you are what you eat, but this is ridiculous. Uh, Jerry, have you tried okay, Soylent so... Green? <laughs> uh, now, the 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 last the last chunk, which the the synopsis was so eager to talk about. Uh, is that yeah. they 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 don't know where Beatrice is and they hear some screaming out in the woods and Wirt finally kind of like shows up, you know? Finds his yeah. balls. Yeah, man. He really he buckles his belt and uh yeah, dashes outside and hops on the strange silly horse. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, you know, canters off into the dark. Uh, so that's a big jump yeah, it for is. word. It's very impressive. Um, and mm-hmm. they find they find the woodsman. So they find Christopher Lloyd's character, the woodsman. And he they they immediately, you know, they're running under the assumption that that he is the beast. And so they start attacking him. Wirt kicks his lantern and like it breaks and sets this nearby tree on fire. And he is like really distressed by all this. And they manage to get Beatrice and get the hell out of there. Um, but then we learned some things about the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we find out that the horse can talk. The horse is named Fred and it could talk the whole time. And it was kind of just being a little piece of shit. Uh, yeah, Beatrice, when Beatrice stormed off, she kind of was venting, venting to the horse who kept just winning. And that was kind of the final straw and her sticking around. And so she's like, what the shit, dude? That's all well and good, but you were supposed to get directions. I did. We just got directions from Fred before you woke up. Who? Oh, uh, Beatrice, meet Fred the horse. Nice to horse your acquaintance. (laughs) (laughs) I really like it. It makes me think of that sketch we love so much about Christopher Walken and the centaurs. Oh, gosh. And... uh, But to to reaffirm sort of one thing thing I've been harping on with the show is, is where it... Um, you know, you guys were just talking about how they kind of like get the exposition in, in this, in this fun song. But I, I think just as often, and I think not necessarily more impressively, cause all you have to do is just not do anything, but uh, just uh, what's impressive is, is fighting the urge to over explain. Yeah. We're, Wirt and Greg already found out that Fred can talk. Like we don't have to have the whole mm-hmm. like origin story of Fred while mm-hmm. they're right. Hey, you can talk. What happened to you? Well, I was bitten by a radioactive uh, yeah. horse. horse. And, <laughs> <laughs> and and like also off screen, cut. 
off screen, they already asked Fred for directions to Adelaide's and he already. <laughs> yeah. And he also them. knows where Adelaide is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah, great. It's awesome. It's uh, a nice, nice piece of writing there. And the last moments of this episode, we four episodes in, we finally see the actual beast or we we interact with the beast a little bit. We don't actually see speaks. him. We see he the speaks. silhouette. We see a silhouette and we see his glowing white eyes in the darkness as he sort of mercilessly taunts the the woodsman. Yeah, there, yeah there's, we very, also hear there's his... very little doubt in the viewers in the viewers eyes that which one is the beast at this point, you know, yeah. because. We had just we, we only five minutes ago thought that maybe the woodsman was the bad guy, and that hadn't really been disproven until we see until we see the hor- horrific taunting monster in the shadows. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. But no. So he's. I guess he's keeping the woodsman's daughter trapped in the lantern, her flame. So he needs it's, to keep. It's a kind it. of. It's a kind of um, you know natural order sort of wicked spell. I don't know that yeah. the beast keeps him in in the in the in in the lantern per se. It's a sort of it's never going to be explained, and it's never really meant to be explained. It's yeah, it's, exactly. It's the sta- It's it's that kind of like magic that keeps the world working as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other the other spooky thing about the beast is his song. He he's he has this booming <laughs> operatic uh, voice. Well, uh, yeah, that the guy is an of, opera singer. Yeah, so he does this sort of... Who's out there? What kind of person goes out chopping trees in the middle of a thunderstorm at night? From a distance, and I've never heard a villain kind of have that as their trademark, and it's it's <laughs> yeah. spooky. It's, it's, a, it's upsetting. Spooky. It's it's it, yeah. When, uh, when the show does such a good job of making sure you know that the music happens... Like this is just a person, a real person who's really singing, and the villain is just so overjoyed they have to sing. It's powerful. Yeah. Right. And they're this dark entity, and it's like, what the, <laughs> oh, what the shit is that about? Yeah. And now, it's cool. now we know for sure that the beast is on Wirt and Greg's trail. He is looking for the kids. Yes, he is. Also, yes. Oh uh, no! Look out, boys. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Although so, you get kind of the, you kind of get the impression he only wants the boys when the woodsman told him he, they can't, he can't have them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. <laughs> like they might have been safe. <laughs> you can't have the boys. No, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, just which way did they go though? <laughs> uh, let's go make a little extra money. Okay. Uh, Austin, it's time. It's time for us to. It's time for us to to once again, to once again hold out our hats and uh, make make a little bit of make a little bit of money for the podcast. I agree. I agree with you. I'm ready to talk about one. Austin, can you tell everybody about Trumple Stiltskin? Yeah. Okay. So this is sort <laughs> of this is a very That's timely a one. one. I, no, no, no okay. don't actually do Trumple Stiltskin. Oh, thank God. <laughs> All 
right, you guys. Okay, okay. They haven't noticed, but I've left. I'm over here. I'm playing like some fucking Japanese game I've never even heard hey, of. Hey, this guy's so playing Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Andy's it's... playing Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> no, no. Get shut off up. of Sonic the Hedgehog arcade <laughs> this is, version. This is just and come video back ski and ball. play ski ball. No, just because no. he turns into a ball. You're playing All Sonic right, Spin Ball. Buckaroo. Come on, back to the <laughs> ski ball machine. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you didn't have to come out with this. You're acting like we kidnapped you. We you we brought you out for ski ball night, and you're ruining it for his everybody hands in the wiggle league. out. His hands wiggle out of the cuffs. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't think you guys were gonna literally stop me from playing things that weren't ski ball. His arthritic claws can't grasp the ball. <laughs> these talons. Uh, these talons weren't built for the sport of ski ball. <laughs> Majestic. Do I curse sport. these hooks of mine. <laughs> oh God. Uh, we're back. We're back. This is the third episode we're talking about today, which is the just fifth kidding. Episode. It's still Saturday morning Tuesdays, you guys. Just kidding. Yeah, it's Saturday <laughs> morning Tuesdays. <laughs> uh, this is over the garden wall, episode five. It's called Mad Love, and here's another blurbums. Wirt and Greg claim to be the nephews of the wealthy and eccentric Quincy Endicott, so that they can steal two cents from him to pay for a ferry that will cross the river. In order to distract him, Greg, Greg's frog, and Fred convince Quincy to search for a ghost that he supposedly saw one night. Beatrice reveals to Wirt that she was once human, but she and her family were cursed by a bluebird. She explains that Adelaide is the only one who can change them back. Wirt reveals he has a crush on a girl back home, named Sarah. The groups reunite and discover that the ghost was in fact Quincy's neighbor, and that the two mansions are actually connected. And the two embrace each other and award Greg a cent for each for his help. Which he throws. So this is away. kind of the. This is kind of the. Clo- you know when I said that the show is not Star Trek. This is really yeah. the Star Trek episode where uh-huh. we're there's a moral quandary and a and and uh, and the people are in the middle of a some kind of some kind of problem and they've got yeah. their own problems and yeah uh, and a plot that was set up fun. early actually takes the whole episode. To takes resolve. the whole episode. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the question of it's it's silly that they have to steal two pence from this guy, but uh, you know, words <laughs> like stealing is wrong. And then the question is, well, if you only need two pennies, is that okay to steal? Like that's a funny, <laughs> that's a funny like moral like moral philosophy. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Loose change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At what point does it actually become stealing? Yeah. <laughs> There's a great moment early on where they're discussing it. I was thinking more like flat out stealing from him. What? No way. Why not? We already stole a horse. Hey, guys. No, we didn't. Fred's a talking horse. He can do whatever he wants. I want to steal. I want to steal. steal. <laughs> <laughs> so even That's the a, horse wants to do it. It's a very uh, funny line. Um, the The whole episode, though, is like, you'll feel like you missed something because it starts so in media res. It's um, yes. Like we get a, a half second of, a, of an establishing shot um, of like peacocks outside of a large manor. And mm-hmm. then we have John Cleese as the very uh. silly old Quincy Endicott, uh, this old <laughs> dapper old man. And it's it's uh, so funny to see uh, this this like this character who's equally silly to Greg and finally be able to interact with with this sort of like nonsense world that Greg is in. Yeah. yeah. 
You know where uh-huh. Greg is asking. Greg is asking these. He's doing the. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are you there yet? And he kind of, you know, and uh, and Mr. Endicott kind of hits him with that. Like, yeah, you know what? Just... I'm gonna let you know when we're there. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, this yeah. bit's not working. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's very much styled after, say, a Alice in Wonderland Mad Hatter kind of yeah. uh, person, eccentric millionaire. Uh, the other the other thing it kind of reminds Hatter me of a millionaire. No, but but in that but in addition to the Mad Hatter, he's also an eccentric millionaire. Uh, what what him him and Greg sort of hitting it off in the same way reminds me of uh, in Parks and Recreation where Andy goes to England and meets oh, uh, yeah. the Peter Serafinowicz character, uh-huh. who's also like rich and just as stupid as Andy <laughs> is, and they they both just like crashing planes into each other and. <laughs> It's like they yeah. found idiot soulmates. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so Greg and Quincy are kind of in that same way. Uh, it's very fun to watch. And I got to say, I, don't, I mean, it's not it's not like I'm saying something new here, but John Cleese is wonderful and he does such a good job as Quincy in this episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love his like weird uh, doddering, stammering delivery he does for all this stuff, because like the guy is clearly weird and a bit off his rocker, but he's also terrified as shit. Right. He's been he's like avoiding talking about this ghost in a manner that's too big for him to even walk all the time. He gets lost in his own home. Like that's a spooky scenario for a, a dementia old man, you know, mm-hmm. and, and well, he's playing that really smart. well while still being funny as hell. Right. It's yeah. smart because because the show doesn't need two characters to differently quote nonsense, you know, mm-hmm. like it doesn't really it doesn't really add anything to the stew. So they 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 were able to find a or he was I don't know how it was written and sure some somebody <laughs> somebody found a way to have two very silly characters yeah not well, not overlap too much right and part of the thing is is how much they play up Quincy Endicott playing up his <laughs> his fabulous wealth um, and <laughs> yes. he has a quote I'd like to clip drop this but he does say come everyone let us retire to the parlor and enjoy my unnecessary excess of wealth and luxury. <laughs> <laughs> it's Um, good it's so good yeah uh i think at some point at some point you know he says something like uh like he he indicates that maybe he's on the on the brink of madness and maybe the doctors were right (laughs) you know like (laughs) yeah (laughs) like there's there's definitely some stuff there that we're we're like a you know we're seeing a good tip of an iceberg and while him and greg are off just sort of gallivanting around his mansion bumping into things uh we we, uh meanwhile uh and beatrice are kind of there's sort of like a weird seven minutes in heaven sort of thing going on. They're just stuck in a wardrobe or yeah. a dark room for almost the whole episode. Yeah, because they they initially split up so that Wirt and Beatrice could like search couch go look for, for booty. Spare yeah, that's right. And in the in the process of looking for spare change, they break like twelve priceless artifacts, uh, which is pretty funny in and of itself. But it sort of turns into like you said, like a seven minutes in heaven where they they start. Uh, kind of tar- talking about their dark secrets because she accidentally lets slip that she used to be human and then doesn't want to talk about it. And so to get her to talk about it, Wirt reveals some of his secrets, which are super lame. They're just like being a teen boy things. Uh, well, he so, does further God, explain w- that he has a crush on a girl. Yes. I want to say here, be- and we can cut it because I know we've we've cut or we've decided not to do spoilers but on the off chance we want to keep it, I think it's so interesting to find out that this is a giant crock of shit from Beatrice. Yeah, 
No, I know. Right? <laughs> I agree with you. It's it's really cool. Uh, I think that that it's it's really fun watching this again, knowing that she's lying. And I think even if you're really paying close attention, like you can tell that she's not on the up and up in so many different ways. Um, and you might you might be thinking twice about her explanation here. Well, it's 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 such a brilliant it's 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 this sort of like brilliant con artist move, right? That like you know, with the con artist, the sort of at least with the movies in the movies, the sort of like number one rule is like don't act like you want it, you know, always mm-hmm. and. And that's so it's played perfectly here. I I don't I mean, I knew that she probably had her own agenda, but to the extent that she does, I was pretty I was pretty caught off guard. I think the first time watching it. Yeah, no, Although absolutely. Beatrice does what she does reveal is sort of a half truth. Um, that's fair. Mm-hmm. There, there, there are elements of what she has revealed where she says that she threw a rock at a bluebird and then she turned her and her whole family into bluebirds sort of as a curse uh for for hurting a bluebird and and we'll as we fo- we'll find out more later um about her real origins and real things when more stuff comes to light but there is there is a partial truth to it there's yeah. a partial truth but i find it interesting that in her is she it seems like she is the one pushing for familiarity and you know like a mutual let's open up and be better friends mhm and I, it, it's just so, so devastating that it's that it's she's not really opening up. What I would say to that is that I think that what we see in this episode is Beatrice having that moment of being like, shit, am I the bad guy? Like, yeah, she she has this turning point where Wirt tells her about his like personal stuff and how he likes to whisper poetry to himself in his room at night. And she stops seeing him as like kind of a con target and more like a person with a real like character traits as she says she's like Wirt those aren't dark secrets those are just character traits and she starts (laughs) seeing him like a person and at the end at the end of this episode she says she says something like uh, you know you got a lot more going for you than I thought and she looks so sad because (laughs) she knows what she's about to you know like she knows she's got some bad shit she means that she's Mm -hmm. like dang it I thought I found a couple Bullshit. Uh, yeah, yeah, little, a little goblins. Of, yeah, yeah, every day I spend with these guys makes it harder to do what I'm about to do. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that about this episode, you know? In and amongst the weirdness and crazy, like, whoop-de-woo of Quincy Endicott. Like, we're right. seeing, we're seeing Beatrice. <laughs> <laughs> Beatrice really, like, second-guessing everything she's up to. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 in the show's kind of, like, the, the full to the show's silliest episode is the most, like harrowing moral dilemma (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah ain't that just the way so the the whole second half of this episode is uh greg and quincy and fred and greg or sorry quincy has he saw a portrait in the far reaches of his house that had a beautiful woman on the portrait and he felt like it was he was enchanted. He sort of fell in love with the woman in this portrait. And he also thought there was. But he's a also ghost. convinced he's a ghost. Right. He also thought That's she kind of... was a ghost. Maybe he felt a presence or something. Um, and so he wants to go back and, and find it. And because he's also so lonely and just never, never really prove what was going on there. Uh, and so, <laughs> again, we never we never see the moment where they've convinced him that they are his <laughs> nephews. Uh, but Greg has so lovingly taken just na- as a second nature <laughs> to calling him Unky, Unky Endicott. Yeah. Um, and I love it so much. And there's a moment where 
Uh, Greg says something like, What's the matter, Unky? You seem tense. You know me well, nephew. (laughs) (laughs) It's just good. It's just so good. There's no, there's no hesitation. I think another show would try to make a bigger deal of let, of slipping the, the facade of being his, his nephews. And they'd be like, Oh, mister. I mean, uncle. I mean, yeah. And that's not an issue. These these it's kids are never natural a and, if, and if you were if you were to <laughs> interrogate the you know the edges of it, Greg arguably doesn't realize that they're not related. Right. Right. <laughs> no, he's he's pretty much bought and sold there. Um, yeah, that's there's my a, uncle. Yeah. <laughs> there's a really fun moment. Uh, Wirt, Wirt and Beatrice find a secret exit out of the back of the wardrobe, and they end up in another area of the house, which later, of course, we learn to be uh, the. The woman, Mar- Marguerite's uh, half of the mansion. Yes. And Wirt, Wirt makes a, a, a really fun <laughs> observation. He An says, astute observation. <laughs> Does this room look different to you? Uh, how so? It's like French Rococo style. That doesn't really seem in line with Endicott's Georgian sensibilities. And Beatrice is like, how, what, who am I talking to right now? And he goes, should I not know that sort of stuff? (laughs) We all have that, we all have that friend. Yeah. (laughs) I think you're that friend for me, Austin. Oh, no. You're that friend for me. Yeah, but for anime? (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Is your is your guys's friend like that? Not somebody who knows too much about airplanes, because mine mine have always been like tank kids and airplane boys. Oh sure, uh huh. Oh, you befriended the military people, the ones who no, they, no, they're not about guns. They just know too much. They just like they just know too much about airplanes and tanks. <laughs> yeah, I definitely knew a couple kids in middle school who knew a little way too much about guns. It's a um, guy who doesn't know it, a Sherman from a Cessna. Yeah, gun, gun people are scary. Tank people are are it's tank people are interest. They're the, they're not interesting. It's really boring. But tank people are the harmless. salt of the earth. <laughs> they are the salt of the earth. You've heard of a horse uh, girl. Meet the tank. <laughs> so okay, so they they all they all meet up and we we find out uh, Marguerite shows up and he thinks it's the ghost and she thinks he's a ghost. They faint and then we kind of have this moment where everyone gets the cards out on the table and they realize that both of these obscenely wealthy people who made their fortunes, I guess, making tea uh, had mansions near each other, uh, abutting the same tea garden. And as they got richer and expanded the wings of their homes, they actually like kind of their helms kissed and like, I guess <laughs> they built together. And so at some point, you know, Quincy's house becomes Marguerite's house. And so they, that's what's been happening. And then they realize that they're into each other and then they just start like making super out. fast. Yeah. They yeah. just, they kiss right then and there. It's so fast. And, mm-hmm. uh, and as a reward for helping them out, they each give Greg a penny, which is great. Where it's like, Oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what we needed. We needed. <laughs> yeah. Two Cause they're going to take a ferry in the next episode. And which uh, I got to tell you is like huge red flags for me about trying to cross a river and you need two pennies. That's, that's, that's got too like, cheap. No, it's not too cheap. That's like river sticks. You got to pay the ferry man with the two coins they left in your skull. Like, that's spooky. Oh, we're, we're, oh damn. Oh, look damn. Who knows his, look who knows some spooky things. <laughs> look who's come equipped with spooky knowledge. Well, that's it. Just it, that's what that reads to me. Like, you know, that, if you no, don't, if you don't that's, that would absolutely that's, be a reference there. If you don't already think that Adelaide's is too good to be true, they're literally crossing into, you know, land of the dead in a metaphorical way here. 
uh, by needing two coins to cross a ferry. So. Yeah. Do we just be, do we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> My wrist, you guys, can you, can we, <laughs> has anybody else had to break out, break out their, break out their wrist guard from, from throwing too many mm, ski balls? All the time, For, cause, yeah. Because <laughs> I, so, I'm now having to, I, I'm wearing, I'm wearing one of those, I'm wearing a very fun rollerblading wrist guard to keep, to keep my, hey. to keep my bones where I like them. You know what would be you know what would be really helpful for the for the repetitive strain that you're putting on your wrists from playing skee ball too much. Maybe maybe we could find another another game if we wanted to do that to play for a little bit. Andy, you know, I fucking told to you we don't have your... any other types of quarters. This is all the tokens we have. It's for <laughs> skee ball, and they're showing what? us the door right now because we've caused too much of a stink in this oh, dang arcade. Are you want to kick us money? out? Can you not buy new tokens for other games? I can't. I took out a loan. I fucking hate you. You you guys are the maybe, worst. Let's dial down the potty mouth on this one because you know what? Y- you said yes to us to come out and you're taking no responsibility for your own choices. And I've pretty much had it up to here with you. And if this was not an audio format, you would see how how GD high my hand is raised. <laughs> Look, all, all I wanted to do Emphasizing. was play some fucking X Men. I'd even play Dazzler. All right, well, you with guys the F bombs, come on, buddy. You're gonna yeah. We Tim, are in Tim, a Chuck E. Cheese. Tim Tim <laughs> Cook is gonna be steamed when he finds out how many <laughs> F bombs he slammed us with. <laughs> Oh God! Well, aside from skee ball, we watched three episodes of Over the Garden Wall. How did you guys like them? I love these three; they're so wonderful. I love these three. Yeah, these are, I you know, um, I would say the second episode, the like the pumpkins that we saw last week, um, was what solidified that I enjoyed the show. It wasn't after until after these group of episodes that I loved the show. Yep. Yeah, and um, I think yeah, it's uh, it's a show that. Uh, it took me, it took me a couple tries to, to, to get, not, not to get past it because I, 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 I thought it was fine, but, uh, you know, it's one of those funny things when you've got a, when you've got friends who are, whose boner is so turgid for, for something and you don't get yeah. it right away. You're just like, oh, well, I guess I don't get it. And you kind of check out and like my, mm-hmm. my boners, my boners, uh, not nearly this, this chubbed and <laughs> Yeah, you just kind of assume that it's it's just a mismatch, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I totally understand that. Uh, but I think I think it, being only eleven minutes long, it's really easy to push through the parts that are are not as you know the first couple episodes where you're like, I think this is good, and then get to what I think it, is it the, is the, the, except when you're hanging out with your friends at a party, and they're like, let's sit down and watch four episodes of this show. So that yeah. you'll learn to love it. And you're like, guys, come on. I'm trying to fucking drink and hang out with my friends. You're like, no, trust about me. potatoes after- now. <laughs> no, inst- instead at a party, we'll do what we always used to do. And we'll just commandeer the television so that we can watch a full hour and a half of cartoon theme songs. Oh, spiral zone. Okay, that's... <laughs> We've committed a Nobody lot of needs... crimes ourselves at parties. Yeah, I'm referring to you two specifically to when I talk about this over the garden wall crime. Buddy, oh, I yeah. understand. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing that to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, I, 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 think, I think the, the potatoes and molasses episode is, is the one that I, I like the most. 
and the the highwayman you know the the tavern episode is the one i remember the most i actually don't remember much about the back half of this catalog which is interesting Mm -hmm. because it has the most like story content i remember liking it but i don't remember anything like the weird this like really strong flavor stands um, out the the sort of atmospheric um let's call act two style episodes where they're kind of dropped into this alien world and have to learn the rules and all that. Mm-hmm. That kind of takes a little bit of a back burner. So it's not, it's, I'm not surprised the the plots and the locations start to kind of start to kind of drift mm-hmm. from, from the, from the foreground in yeah. the, in the, in this episode. Yeah. So as your, things start to come to a head later. Yeah. Yeah. When necessarily doing sort of a, a, a mini series, you have to take the, the back third, the back, you know, half maybe even to, to do the story content and start paying off things and, and yeah, telling... get up in the gully works and start making yeah. things happen. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like the show needs to become a slightly different show in order to start doing that, which is okay. Uh, but I, I have, I have such a strong place in my heart for the three episodes we watched today. Well, it's such a, um, it's such an right. interesting cross section of like, if you, if you watched only these three episodes, it, these are three pretty different episodes. I mean, there's, there's a little continuity to kind of keep mm-hmm. it going, which is nice. Something that was so great about the show being both a mini series and two episodes literally kind of smashed together was the ability to kind of fluidly chain them together. And it's, it's not like, binge it's not binge tv it's not like no. a kind of uh which i which i used i used uh sarcastic air quotes on because i feel like some shows are, don't know how to be tv shows and they're just like a really really long movie yeah uh, <laughs> right but and th- this is not what i'm blaming this of but it it uses continuity to help bridge these the abject nonsense yeah Right, because otherwise things just kind of happen. Like, but if the horse exactly. didn't come back, if the horse didn't come back, it would feel like a really weird. weird you wouldn't inclusion. know if this was Simpsons rules, or you wouldn't know what was going on. Yeah, right, exactly. But yeah, like having the horse stick around between episodes is, I think, important to you know. You figure out how the show has elasticity, right? Like, you, yeah, it, it uh-huh. helps you. It helps you interface with the rules of the show, and the show asks you to do that. It says, "Figure out what's going on." Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I've broken back into the arcade, and they are they are fighting me off. But I will touch an X Man today. I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna touch an X Man today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get one second of playtime. I'm gonna fight Magneto or whoever the no, he's not the first boss. I'm gonna fight. God, I don't even remember the fire guy Pyro. I'm gonna fight Pyro. I'm gonna get through this first level. You guys remember that X Man game? Damn. Let's no. go away. so that's uh you guys thanks for thanks for sticking around for saturday morning tuesdays the animated podcast about real cartoons where the show where it's that show where we watched those over the guard wall episodes and had a just a real good time well and we had such a great time that we want to share that great time with you and you know how you, you can share that is by going to social media and finding us on facebook uh finding us on instagram socialmedia.com on socialmedia.com <laughs> uh go to your podcast place where it lives go to its house knock on the door and ask hey is saturday morning tuesdays there and can i leave a five-star review for him because uh, you should go and do that um 
and uh, go to our website, SadamTuesdays.com. We're right there, and you can find our whole backlog of episodes. Uh, you can uh, look at all your favorite ads from before. You can uh, search by tags. That's a fun feature we have. Um, do all those great things at our website. Yeah, and actually, I I don't I don't think anybody's using socialmedia.com. I just checked, but it's also not available for purchase. I don't really know. It's a no, that's uh, like social, Zuckerberg, social Zuckerberg sitting on it. How about social-media.com? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, social-media.com, and that is loading. Ooh, it's a it's businessangels.de. And it looks like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's not a real website. Uh, you know what? Whoever owns socialmedia.com, get on it, figure it out. It should redirect to our social media so that you can share. Do you remember this is, this is kind stuff. of like the, the wild west days of the internet when like, if there was any kind of normal, any kind of like common website you would go to, if there, if any sort of common typo you might have was almost always a porn site. Like porn. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was always porn. Uh, it's always porn. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our show. It's always porn. Yahoo.com. <laughs> and uh, we, we love you. Thank you for listening. Tell us how. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Give us any sort of Go feedback. Go watch some porn. Hearing it. Watch. Watch over the garden wall. Watch over the garden wall porn. Please don't do that. Don't tell anybody I told you to do that. And I'm gonna see you next Tuesday. Yeah.